Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Nuts in a Pod. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Emery. And uh, we're back from a little a little break ski little from break recording. Ski. Yep. yep. Um, so lots to catch up on. And it's just the two of us today. Yeah, no guest. No guest. Unfortunately, um, our guest for today got COVID. Loser. Are we done with COVID yet? I I don't know about you, but, and this is an unpopular opinion, but I'm sick of it. I'm totally sick. Yeah, I'm done with it. I I would say I'm anti-COVID at this point. I haven't talked to COVID in like months. Yeah. So... Yeah, we're not cool anymore. Yeah, we don't talk. We're not friends. But yeah, the guests got COVID, so they couldn't come on the show. Such a bummer. I've got to like bring her some uh, a meal or something or Postmates it to her because she's in Indiana. Yeah. Indiana. I feel bad for her, but she says she's doing okay. So That's good. Yeah, she was just feeling like a little crappy. Yeah. But it's like COVID times you... Mm-hmm. You got to test, and that's why you test. That's why you test, yes. Yeah. So it's just us today. So we're just going to do a little. Uh, I still feel short in this chair. <laughs> yeah. Your chair is definitely shorter than it usually is. It's because usually I'm out. looking up at you. Yeah. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> uh, I think it's sunk since I just raised it, too. Maybe it's broken. It might have, yeah. You're, you're definitely. Your chair is generally higher than it is right now. And right now it's like. I gotta raise this up. This is weird me out. I hope this stays in the show. <laughs> oh, it will. <laughs> this is this is good radio right here. This is good radio. <laughs> All right, I'm tall again, guys. They're just talking about something that people can't see. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, today we're we're gonna do a little. Uh, we're gonna read some surveys. Um, yeah. And uh, psyched about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, some really great responses from people. Um, and do you want me to say the questions? Yeah, sure. Okay. Question one was, what are some common misconceptions about mental health that you wish the public better understood? And question two, do you find it difficult to talk about your mental health? If yes, why? If no, what has made it possible slash easier for you to talk about your mental health? Great questions. Good questions. We got good answers to it. Cool. So, yeah, we'll do our little how are you for real, like huge. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, we got to do the business. We got the business. So, you're listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on 1065 Ford Radio. You can listen to us anytime at forwardradio.org, 24 7, 365. You can also find us on streaming services, Castbox, Google Play, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud. And you can also find us on social media platforms. There's one that's called Facebook, and that's just Two Nuts in a Pod, normally how it's spelled out. Then there's one called Instagram, and instead Instagram. of the Ooh. word two, it's the number two. So if you were to look at the number two, and you'd say that's that's not a word, that's a number. It's jeez, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. It's two nuts in a pod on Instagram. Uh, you can also email us anytime you want at two nuts in a podcast at gmail dot com, and we'll try to answer your question. I don't know whenever we feel like it. <laughs> One of our thousands of interns, right? <laughs> yeah, we usually, we've been hiring and firing lots of interns lately. So, um, yeah, give them something to do. They will need to be clicking and clacking down there. So, uh, <laughs> send us an email, we'll respond. <laughs> oh, and with streaming services, we've got a whole bunch more now. Basically, like anyone, any oh. of the popular ones, you know, Stitcher, uh, uh, Audible. I can't think of what else right now because I feel brain dead, but. So basically, if if, it, if, if you have a, a, a popular podcast platform, then ours is on there. 
Yeah. And do they need to search for forward radio and then find two nuts in a pod? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can't just type in two nuts in a pod. You got to search forward radio and then you'll find us. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. That's the it. Business is done. Yeah. And that business was a little done. bit of a break and I came back swinging. I really. Yeah. You nailed it. Didn't lose a beat there. I feel like, you know, when you're like 80 years old, you'll just be like reciting that in your sleep. <laughs> just staring at the window, losing my mind. Yeah. <laughs> just constantly saying it over your social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> just like... Oh, man. All right. So. It's, we have some catching up to do. We do have some catching up to do. Because it's been a while. I mean, we hang out outside of the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we don't we don't like, you know, real talk that much outside of the show. Because we're usually in, like, bigger groups and stuff. And yeah, you can't just go over and be like, we're just going to have a real intense <laughs> conversation right now. Not everybody has our affinity for talking about the uh, macabre. But... Yeah, I don't like those people, honestly. So. Should we get new friends? We should. Let's recruit new people. Are they people. not depressed enough? They need to be much more depressed. We like really, really sad friends. You need a couple happies in there. Yeah, to mix it up a little bit. Well, the bit. problem is I think they're too, we have too many. We have too many happy they're people. They're really dominating. Yeah, that's why we don't let them on the show, because there are too many happy people. Where it's like, we don't want to hear from you. Like It's just like, great, your life is great, and you're happy all the time. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> Come back when you're sad. <laughs> All right, so uh, do you want to... I don't even know what we're talking about. uh, Uh, How are you for real? Okay, uh, are you asking me right now? How are you for real? Okay. Um, And remember, we don't like short answers for this. You can't be like, oh, I'm good. Uh, um, I'd say I'm pretty good. (laughs) Uh, Okay, bye. (laughs) See you later. No, the last few months have been a little difficult um, just because with job transition and stuff. And that, you know, affects finances and things like that. And I'm currently in the job market. So if anyone's listening and they're like, oh, man, what you should do is you, if you're listening on the radio, you should stop your car in the middle of the expressway. It doesn't matter. Mm. And write down my name and be like, I need to find out how to contact this Emory guy. And it's two nuts in a podcast at gmail.com. And you can send me jobs that I could look into. Because uh, the job market is good in a lot of ways, but it's. You know, it's different when you're looking for specific salary and, you know, specific alignment of values and things like that. So that's where it gets a little, you know, hairy um, as far as it's not as easy as people may make it sound to be. Um, So, yeah, just doing that. I went on a couple trips. I went to Myrtle Beach and I went to Gatlinburg because I am a redneck. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Two places that I I went as a child and then I was like, you know what, I'm going to go back there. And, you know, it, it was fun. Well, I like, we like kitschy stuff and weird stuff and touristy crap. Like, sometimes I'm just really into that. And, um, oh, yeah. It's, it's fun. And, yeah, so we went there and those are nice trips. And that's been pretty much my life. Uh, yeah. Floyd's better. Mm-hmm. He was really sick earlier this year. He's good. Uh, family's good. We're about to have, Actually, any moment now, um, Leo, who was a previous guest on the show, fan of the show, and star on the show, she is uh, pregnant and having a baby. It might be today. Oh, wow. Um, so little Adelina is supposed to be born today or maybe tomorrow. We'll see. Whenever that little booger pops out. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so we're excited for that. That'll be my sixth nibbling. Um, 
So I have four nephews, no, four nieces and two nephews, but that's really hard to say. So I go with six nibblings, and it's cuter. Yeah, it's very cute. It's very cute. And it takes the N from niece and nephews and puts it in for nibblings. So everyone should start doing that. It make, it make, so I don't have to explain it every time what it means. So yeah, about to have their six nibbling. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't really have big plans for the summer. Uh, I've been trying to go out more, get more sun, because I am a seasonal depression person for the summer. Uh, I feel like that's more rare than people who get seasonal depression during the winter. But yeah, summer for me, and I think it's like the FOMO stuff, and it's like the, you feel like you're constantly engaged, and there's constant stuff to do, and there's always things going on, and then the extroverts just go outside, and they're just so loud, Hmm. Um, you know, because they just can't keep it down ever, and they're just talking all the time. So there's just so much stuff going on, and I sometimes feel like I don't want to be a part of it, but then I feel bad if I'm not a part of it. And then I feel bad if I'm not super happy because I should be because look at all this beautiful sunshine and like you can go to the pool. And yeah, I just, uh, but I've been trying to do better about that because I was not a fan, not a fan of the ocean, not a fan of beaches, not a fan of pools, not a fan of the sun, not a fan of sweating, not a fan of barbecues. (laughs) (laughs) So many summer things you're like, yeah, this guy didn't like any of them. But I was like, I, I made a vow to myself that I'd be cool with this stuff this summer. And I've been cool with it. Things that I don't necessarily love to do and I've been doing them. And it's been pretty fun. Nice. I went to the beach, had a fun time. I, uh, it's really just because I'm terrified of sunburns. They are really bad. I've had some bad ones, and yeah, I'm pretty fair-skinned, and just, yeah, they're brutal. Um, so I'm so scared of them now that, like, I, I lather up. Lather up, put a hat on, get under an umbrella. Yeah. Stand under the boardwalk for an hour and a half. Like, just anything I can do to avoid that bully. Yeah, same for me. Like, I... I used to tan back in the day, like do tanning beds and stuff. I'm pretty sure my skin is ruined from that, but trying to make up for it by covering it up now. Yeah. Um, But it's funny. I'll like lay out with like 70 SPF on reapplying every hour or something. It's like, I guess one could say this is defeating the purpose, but my purpose is vitamin D. Yeah. Very true. So yeah, I happiness. (laughs) 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 yes i've been trying to get more of that vitamin d and be outside so uh do a little more and uh yeah it's been okay one reason one thing i learned um not to wear jeans in the summer to wear like shorts because i'm just i've just been a jeans boy for so long (laughs) and people are like what are you doing wearing i still wear dark shirts but i would wear like a dark t-shirt and blue jeans (laughs) and that's what i would wear in the summer and it's like yeah that sounds exhausting and really hot and now we're little shorts, and I feel yeah. so much more comfortable. Man. Well, maybe this is turning a new leaf. Maybe that's the reason you hate summer so much. <laughs> it was jeans. You're like, it's so hot. You're like walking around with a parka on. <laughs> <laughs> and now maybe summer depression will go away, and winter depression will arrive for me. Because I'm usually pretty peppy and fun in the winter and feel pretty good. But, um, yeah, I'm starting to like summer more. And don't tell winter, though, because... Oh, I won't. Winter doesn't have a lot of fans. Yeah. Especially here. People don't like winter here at all. Yeah. I mean, you can always, like, just pretend, like, just celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas in the middle of the summer. Try to trick your brain. Yeah. Turn up the AC really high. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're absolutely Have someone sprinkle fake snowflakes in front of your window. (laughs) Get, like, a little... I'll do that for you. A little hot chocolate and stuff (laughs) and cozy up on the couch and watch watch Elf. (laughs) (laughs) Read all my Harry Potters again. 
But yeah, so that's what I'm doing. So I'm doing pretty good. Uh, just some transitions going on in life and, and then also trying to enjoy summer. Cool. So Lizzie, I almost forgot. How are you for real? I am today. I'm doing good. Uh, yesterday was a good day too. Nice. You know, we went out, uh, we went to pride Yep. and, uh, which was super fun at the waterfront. And, uh, then we went to Nori bar, which is like a Japanese slash Korean style karaoke bar that has a, you know, like basically hotel rooms, not really, but you, you check out a room just for your friends. That's just got couches everywhere and karaoke set up and. Just rock out. I think it's so much nicer that way. Yeah. Like, because they have the karaoke in the main room, and they have several little rooms in the back for your friends. And yeah, we checked out a couple rooms, and it was fun. We're just singing away. Yeah, it was great. Uh, so, yeah, but I actually had a really, I've had like a rough few weeks before that because of some like med changes. So, mm-hmm. um, I took my, uh, I finished my diazepam taper. Um, on May 30th. So yeah, like over two weeks since I stopped and, uh, it's, it's been harder than I thought. Um, the taper wasn't bad, but the, they call it like the leap. Yeah. Um, in like the benzo recovery world is like when you finally go to zero. Okay. From it, Cause it, and I thought that it was just people like, you know, maybe it was more of like a psychological thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not taking this thing anymore. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's, it's very real. Like the, um, the anxiety and exhaustion, uh, it's, it's been intense. And then I, you know, had started taking, um, a new medication, Wellbutrin, as I was tapering off, uh, because, you know, I was just feeling tired all the time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that ended up being a double whammy because it can make your anxiety worse. Uh, so combined with going off of the diazepam, I've just been like all over the place. Yeah. Like I was so irritable like the past week. I just like, seriously, it's like my skin would just crawl from like anyone like talking to me. (laughs) I just wanted to yell at it, like yell at people for wanting to be my friend and communicate with me. Like, (laughs) You're so annoying. Why are you like even texting me? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, and then when I'm feeling better, I'm like, what is wrong with me? Yeah. Um, but no, that's that's a well coming off well butrin thing is yeah just feeling mean, mm-hmm. angry at the world. Uh, so yeah, that's been annoying. But um, you know, things are good with my depression right now. She's still slumbering. That's good. Yeah. Depression sleeping. Because for a while I was having the, the anxiety and depression at the same time, which is just terrible. It's the, it's awful, absolutely awful. So yeah, you know, just anxiety right now. But um, yeah, and I'm getting ready for school in August, and there's just a lot to think about, and uh, there's been a lot of stressors because my husband uh, had to have surgery on his ankle, so he hasn't been mobile in a while. Um, he's finally starting to be mobile again, but. Uh, yeah, there's just been a lot going on, uh, uh-huh. but I do feel like I've been coping with it pretty well. Um, and I've noticed lately that 
I'm like becoming really aware of how I talk to myself. It's like I had someone explain or say to me recently that it's like, like 95% of our thoughts are subconscious. I don't know if that's true, but you know, when you bring consciousness to those thoughts and kind of shine a light on them, it can be so, you know, I wanted to say illuminating, but I just said shine a light on them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It just, it can be so impactful. Like when you really see how you talk to yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really trying to work on that uh, because it's just my perfectionism has been at a super high level and just my, you know, being critical about like my body, uh, which, you know, just tends to happen when I get really anxious and also summer, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, I feel like I am really trying to like examine my thoughts right now and really trying hard to like, you know, realizing that my thoughts are not true. Like I can't, you know, a lot of the stuff I think, um, is just like me, like projecting like all of this negativity on, you know, what people must be thinking about me, like all this kind of stuff. And it's like stories. Yeah. And you know, they are just stories and there's, you know, no way for me to know if it's true or not, because we're all stuck in our own little subjective bubble. Right. Mm -hmm. So I I drive my, I think a lot of worrying and ruminating is about that. It's like you drive yourself crazy. Like if I just think about this enough, I will find the objective solution. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And it's like, you can't. Nope. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. And if the thoughts are just making you feel bad, you know, why not just experiment with seeing every negative thought as a lie? How does it hurt you? You know? Like, if there's a thought, you know, let's say there's guilt about something you did, that's something actionable, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's something you can identify, take action on, resolve. But when it's the other kind of stuff that's just, you know, the overthinking and stuff like that, it's like, you know, I'm really trying to kind of stop that in its tracks Yeah, a little sense. bit more. Um, I like that. That's good. It's not easy either. It's so hard. Like, and I get discouraged sometimes. I'm like, my brain's broken. Yeah. Like when I, that's the thing about paying attention to your thoughts is, you know, when you, it's just, it makes me sad sometimes. And I'm like, I've done this like my whole life. And like, well, you know, I guess more since like adolescence, but you know, I, I get discouraged. Like, oh, I'm never going to break this. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I think it's better to see as the fact that like, no, I'm developing tools to cope with this. Yeah. And even though it won't ever a hundred percent go away, you know, the breaks I get between those thoughts mm-hmm. will sometimes be longer. And so that gives me hope of just, you know, to keep working on it, not just become discouraged. Like, well, there's nothing I can do. Might as well have a glass of wine or, you know, whatever other like numbing thing. Yeah, for sure. That like makes me want to not be in my brain. It's like, no wonder I don't want to be in my brain. Yeah. 
It's such like a hostile place. <laughs> it's been mean to you. <laughs> yeah. It's not encouraging at all. Yeah. So it makes sense for you to want to escape it for a little bit. Yeah. TV, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to be in my brain more. I've been watching less TV and yeah, just trying to stay a little bit more active. Um, you know, even just doing chores and, um, doing social stuff. Yeah. Trying to get out of my head. But yeah, last night was great because I, I haven't been social in a while. I haven't felt social. So it was like, so nice to like, yay, I'm in a good mood, and it just so happens that it's a super fun night. Like, everything aligned. Yeah, that's really good. And it was super fun, yeah. I love I love nights like that. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad you got that. Thanks. Uh, all right, so we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll get into reading our surveys. Be right back. Ooh. Two Nights in a Pod is a program dedicated to talking about the real stuff. The stigma of mental illness, how we tend to our mental health, and how our brains define and empower us. Hosted by Lizzie and Emery, Two Nights in a Pod can be found on podcast streaming devices such as iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and CastBox. In addition to podcast streaming services, Two Nights in a Pod is a proud member of Forward Radio. 065 WFMPLP is committed to broadcasting the voices of those groups and individuals in our community who are routinely ignored by the mainstream media promoting understanding and collaboration among diverse groups, supporting our efforts to network, organize, and strengthen our community and our democracy. Forward Radio is a volunteer-powered, listener-supported station, and we need your contributions. Just go to forwardradio.org to donate or get involved. All right, we are back, and we're ready to dive in to some survey responses. Yep, yep, yep. Um, we had two questions that we asked and, uh, this actually, I asked these questions on my personal Facebook page and they helped me for a panel that I was a part of with Actress Theater of Louisville. Um, two questions. Number one, what are some common misconceptions about mental health that you wish the public better understood? And number two, do you find it difficult to talk about your mental health? If yes, why? If no, what has made it possible easier for you to talk about your mental health? Awesome. Great questions. So let's dive in. I can read the first response, yeah, which is super short. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so this person responded, you don't necessarily have to be anxious about anything. It's an all the time thing. And I have no idea why. Yes. <laughs> That's like one of my biggest pet peeves is like when I tell people I'm anxious or I'm stressed out and they're like, oh, what's what's wrong? Like, why? What's yeah. ha what happened? And it's like, yeah, sometimes there's triggers, but it's like, um, because life, <laughs> because just, I am who I am. This is my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, nothing in particular. I just woke up today and that's how I feel. So yeah, I would say that's definitely a very common misconception. I got the second one. Uh, this is also from a person named Stephanie. Uh, Number one, being particular is not OCD. So a common misconception about mental health that wish the public understood better was being particular is not OCD. I would definitely agree with that. People think being particular or neat or tidy, and they talk about like, oh, you're so OCD or stuff like that, which is also a problematic joke. Um, but yeah, uh, 
it's <laughs> definitely not just being particular. Um, and I think we kind of, uh, we kind of make it trivial and small when we do that. Um, and make it, don't take it as seriously as it should be. And yeah, also just, it's weird for you to joke about, like, you have something you don't have, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's just my cancer. Like that would be weird to say. Um, so yeah, it's still weird to say, uh, that those jokes. Number two, I find it very difficult to talk about mental health. I don't know how to reasonably explain that. I sometimes don't have energy for anything, it feels like. But I also feel that I don't owe some people an explanation. Finding a balance of how much to share with people can be difficult. Oh, that really resonates with me. How so? Well, because like I often find myself over-explaining when I've got, you know, basically if somebody wants to hang out and I've got like mental health reasons for why I can't, uh, it's like I tend to over explain it mm-hmm. um, because I want them to know that there's like a good reason why I can't hang out with them. It's valid. Yeah. Um, but then I realize like that's not setting good boundaries for myself. That's exhausting. Yeah. That every time that's the reason I can't hang out with someone, which usually that's the reason uh, that I have to explain myself and it's like, no, you don't have to. It's like part of owning and accepting your own mental health issues, I think, is realizing, like, I can tell people as much or as little as I want. Yeah. Like, it is okay to just say no because you're setting your own limits and you're taking care of yourself. Yeah, you don't need an explanation at all. Like, but yeah, we, I, it's almost like we sometimes, because I do the same thing. I over-explain, especially anything related to mental health. And because, you know, there's got to be some reasoning, there's got to be something behind it. Like, but it's, it's some days you just feel like, yeah, I just feel like crap and don't want to be around other people and don't think they would want to be around me right now and just need to process this myself. And yeah, that's exhausting. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and then you feel you can't be really honest of like, well, I'm not going to go because that doesn't sound fun at all. <laughs> I know I would not enjoy hanging out with you today. <laughs> it's like I don't want to go because I'm suicidal. <laughs> like, yeah, how real do you get with people? But um, yeah, you don't know the explanation to anybody. Yeah, and when you do have mental health issues, your self care is extremely important, mm-hmm. and you making sure that you like preserve your energies and and set good boundaries for yourself and for the people you know, interacting with you. So it's like, uh, you know, when you're over explaining yourself, it also sets this precedent of like, well, I'm always going to hang out with you unless there's like a good reason not to. Yeah. It's like, no, you cannot hang out just because you're not feeling it. Yeah. You don't always not feeling have to, up to it. You don't always have to be in the mood. Yeah. All right. So next one, this is from Ashley. Uh, in response to question one, that's about mental health misconceptions uh ashley said it's okay to ask for help and not everyone's anatomy and physiology is the same so what worked for you slash someone you know may not work the same for someone else yeah i like that point that you know everyone's like physiology and it everyone's different Mm -hmm. you know so it's like you i think sometimes like people think like one of my like pet peeves is like when I talk to someone and I don't know if this is exactly what this person's getting at, but I feel like they touched on it is like, 
when I talk to someone who has mental health issues, sometimes they're like super prescriptive of like, well, here's what I do. Yeah. Um, you know, why don't you try that? Like I had someone the other day do this and it was like someone I, you know, had just met and like, they're just chatting my ear off about, and this is after them saying, you know, it's like people who don't understand anxiety, they just try to like, you know, be like, Oh, you know, just change the way you think. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's so annoying. But then they go into basically telling me like, to change uh, the way you <laughs> yeah here's what i do why don't you do this yeah. it's like everybody's different and you know yeah th- i think a lot of times like listening in these situations is more important than talking a lot yeah you know i think we feel pressure to like give people advice but you know sometimes that can be harmful or they've tried it or you know, it feels patronizing because, of course, they've tried it. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard people like ask and say, like, hey, I want to be here and support you. Do you need me to be here as someone to listen or do you need me to be here as someone to provide advice? Oh, I like that. And it just kind of like because then it clarifies that for everyone <laughs> and for the person that's listening is like, hey, like, I don't really know what to do. And I don't know what this was going to help this person the most. And some people just want you to shut up and so they can talk. And some people are like, hey, like, I, I need some help and some advice here. So unlike the person you met for the first time <laughs> providing you advice, um, yeah, that, that could have just been more of like a, I'm just going to listen to her talk about this. And yeah. yeah or annoying. just like it wasn't even a situation where I really wanted to talk about it. Um, you know, I was just like, had just gotten a massage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or it was like before and after, like I got an anxiety related massage so i'm like yeah in some ways you know this is a practitioner trying to share like the stuff that was more like physiological like soaking epsom salts like i never thought of that helping yeah with my anxiety just relaxing your muscles um so i'm like yeah that's really helpful but then you know telling me other stuff like meditate and you know mansplaining meditation to me when i'm like I'm here for an anxiety massage. Do you think I don't know what meditation is? Yeah, that's. Yeah, I remember one time someone just told me to journal, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> okay." <laughs> and that's like, I think people are well intentioned. It's intent versus impact. They have good intentions, but the impact, unfortunately, is not positive. Um, and I think they don't realize that when they're saying it. I don't think people are like, you know, screw this person. I'm just giving them them a bad idea. But, like, it also just, you know, if we're not asking for it, it probably also means, like, we've tried it. So, like, if I've been dealing with this for decades and it's like, I mean, I've tried. Yeah, I've journaled before, so you don't need to tell me to journal. Um, Because, yeah, we've checked that one off the list a long time ago. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, just remember that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then the response to the second question uh which was the one about you know finding it difficult to talk about mental health Mm -hmm. so ashley said i find it easier now as an adult than i did when i was a kid and i think that mostly has to do with finding the right therapist to talk to which luckily i finally did to do and be better in this area as a nation i think we need to promote mental health awareness more just my opinion Yes. Well, your opinion is right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, I mean, 
yeah, I think as a kid it was, and it wasn't really talked about. So you didn't know how to talk about it. You didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And so you just feel like you're different. You feel alienated from others. Yeah. So I, I do think that, yeah, there is some generational stuff of like when we were kids that it just wasn't talked about as much. But yeah, that it's also, like you said, that, you know, kids just don't have the vocabulary for it or the mat emotional maturity for it. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's natural that that's one thing that I, I think is so great about aging is just getting to know yourself more um, and know your needs more mm -hmm. and just build that confidence that uh, you can talk about that stuff without feeling like you're weird or you're different. Yeah. Cause just as you get older, you just learn we're all a bunch of weirdos. And I think it gets it's getting better as well. Like I think of like when we went to pride yesterday it was great because I was like, man, there, there's just so many people here from so many walks of life, you know, and it just is really cool to see everyone together. And I know that like 30 years ago, this probably wouldn't be a thing. Mm. And even like five years ago, I mean, it's better than it was five years ago or 10 years ago and definitely 50 years ago. So it's just like that. I feel like a lot of ways with mental health that people have a better understanding of it. I feel like we're teaching more and more children like how to talk about it and how to address it. So I think I think it's definitely getting better in that regard. Um but I know just a lot of times in this world and 24-7 news coverage and social media, it's hard to see the positive on that. But I think it is much, much better. Mm -hmm. True that. Okay, Maggie said, Scientifically, mental health is the same as heart health, kidney health, liver health, intestinal health, skin health. Socially, some groups of people somewhere along the way decide to have power over others and banish mental health to be an acceptable, unacceptable condition, something to hide and find shame. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I think taking this as seriously, it's physical health as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's people hide from it. They feel shame with it. And I think that just alienates more people, causes more people to, you know, take rash decisions, dangerous decisions sometimes. Uh, it takes people, um, keeps people avoid from avoiding therapy, keeps people from uh, seeking out medication or any other coping strategies, and and that can be really dangerous. Um, and there's such an emphasis on in this country on physical health, and you just don't hear it often about mental health. Um, yeah, and that needs to change. Yeah, and I, you know, I like any time people point out, you know, that mental health is part of your physiology too. I mean, the yeah. way your nervous system is wired, you know, the way that uh, your brain works and just genetics. And, um, you know, I learned recently, I think I've told you this before, but that, uh, you know, with a lot of mental illness and anxiety and depression are two of those that, you know, genetically there's a genetic predisposition to have low stress resilience mm -hmm. and it's linked to so many mental health issues. And it's like, that makes so much sense to me. Yeah. You know, that you've got that predisposition and then you go into the world and life feels harder for you than for everyone else. Yeah. And you naturally just start to develop these developing these complexes about it, these conditions, um, you know, because you feel like you're, in this minority and uh you know i think it's super important to remember and not blame people for things like 
you know, addiction, for example, it's like, that's another thing that's linked to that low stress resiliency, you know, along with like trauma and stuff. But Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, yes, not blaming people because, you know, that's just how they're wired. You know, they can't, yeah, they can't help it. I agree. Um, she also said mental health is never difficult to talk about. Just like it's not difficult to talk about how I take care of my physical health. Mental health is not is not a bad thing. It's a real thing, and we're all real. Yeah, pretty much agree completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She said also that going to 12-step Al-Anon meetings uh, taught her that she was powerless and that learning, the more we talk about something, the more we normalize it. We rid, when we rid shame and guilt from our worlds, it becomes acceptable to talk about how mental illness impacts a family, just as it is to talk about how diabetes, heart disease, and breast cancer can impact a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very nice, Maggie. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like that's something I have to remember is that even though intellectually I know that my mental health issues are not a reflection of my morals or competency or value as a person, mm-hmm. but it's just so ingrained in us to think if we don't match this like ideal image of happiness, which isn't real right like happiness is fleeting if you're happy constantly there's there's probably something off you're a golden retriever you're you're not you're (laughs) You're not not experiencing your full range of emotions (laughs) yeah i don't know how you're doing that but i think it's gonna catch up to you it's not okay (laughs) (laughs) but there is this idea that like if i'm not happy all the time something is wrong with Mm -hmm. me and i need to fix it And I have gone through so much in my life feeling like that, like there's something I need to fix. And if I just do X, Y, and Z, then I'll be happy all the time. And I've, I've had to give up happiness as the goal, you know, and, and it's almost like body positivity versus neutrality. It's like body neutrality Mm -hmm. where it's like, I need to have the goal of just, you know, being kind of neutral in my emotions, you know, that there's going to be ups and downs. But for the most part, if I'm having a day where I'm tolerating my stress well, I'm tolerating my anxiety and depression well, even if I'm not ecstatically happy, like learning to appreciate those days. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wow, this is great. I'm having a quiet mental day. Like, how great is that? My therapist talked to me, a previous therapist talked to me about that I need to be okay with the gray. Mm. And it was very much like, you know, as what you were saying, there's a lot of those times where it's like pretty neutral, pretty gray, like there's no extreme up and downs and just being okay with it and be like, yeah, this is good. I'm fine with this. It's like boring is nice. Yeah. Yeah. There's been times in my life, especially adult life where I was like, man, I would love boring right now. Yeah. Give me so much boring because that'll be so much more relaxing. And, and sometimes I also feel like I find things that bring stress too. So that's a, that's a whole other topic, but, um, yeah. Yeah. And I, my dad said something to me once about like, you know, he knows his mental health is really bad when he's getting totally like overwhelmed and just angry about little stuff like doing the dishes. Yeah. You know, so that's, that makes those boring days look better too, is remembering like, oh man, I'm look at these things I did today Yeah. that, you know, I'm capable of and like that feeling of like your values lining up with your actions and that feeling of 
you know, self-worth that you can have, um, you know, by acting in, in accordance to your values. It's like, that's the good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So moving on to this response is from Brooke and, uh, for, uh, mental health con- misconceptions. Brooke said, I don't think we as a society view mental health as something that has to be worked on and maintained when it is. You go to the gym and watch what you eat for your body or a medical diagnosis. Your psyche needs and deserves that same amount of effort and consideration. Yeah. Really similar to what we were just talking about. Yeah, 100% check to that. Um, and then to. Uh, The second question, Brooke said, I do find it hard to talk about mental health because our society views it as something very black and white. Whoa. Yeah, weird. (laughs) (laughs) Creepy. Uh, You either have it or you don't. Once you acknowledge you aren't feeling well, uh, sorry, you aren't feeling well, you get stuck with that diagnosis forever, it seems. And you stay viewed as the depressed person, the suicidal person, the anxious person, etc. forever. Uh, Oops, hold on because people don't tend to understand that mental health, just like physical is not a stagnant state of being. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's seriously like, I feel like this comment just, there was like a rip in the space time continuum and this person (laughs) just responded to what we were just saying. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Especially when I saw the black and white part as well. Um, but yeah, I I will say that, yeah, people kind of get stuck with that diagnosis. Um, so it's like, you know, and that's what I sometimes fear. I have no idea if people think of it at all, but I'm like, am I the depressed person? Am I the suicidal person that people, that people know? Like, am I going to have to deal with that? Like, are people just nice to me because they feel sorry for me for that stuff? Mm. Like you constantly like kind of challenge yourself and, and question that stuff. And you're just like, God, I really hope people don't think about me that much because <laughs> that would mean they're thinking those things. And I do not want, I don't want any pity with that. Like, cause I don't pity myself with those things. Um, yeah. Brooke's coming with the truth. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to power through since we're running low on time. We'll power through the rest of these. Sarah said, and she's responding to number two. I find it hard to talk about mental health for several reasons. All of the reasons usually happen at the same time. Things like, I don't want to worry my family. I don't want my coworkers to see me as ineffective or having a bad attitude or bringing down the team. When my mental health is suffering, I feel a lot of confusion and uncertainty, so I hesitate to take any action. I also want to, quote, wait it out to see if it maybe it's just a phase that will soon pass. It's rarely ever for one reason, so it makes addressing all of the reasons feel insurmountable. Mm. Yep. Uh, so, Anise uh, said, mental health doesn't mean someone is, looks, presents as troubled slash psycho slash a mess all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Chris says, number one, applying logic as a solution does not work. Not always. And number two, I find the older I get, the easier it is to discuss. She's talking about her mental health. And she said she's 60 years old. I don't have to worry how this may affect my job. My friends and family know about my anxiety. Definitely a perk of aging. I speak openly about it because I think it is important to normalize this. Not another about getting older and finding it easier. Yeah. reminds me kind of the uh, I forget who did it but it's um, it was very pro LGBTQ Um, it was the it gets better campaign and it's just like yeah like things suck right now but it's it's going to get better Um, and I think with that especially with talking about mental health I think we generally have all I notice it even in my friends 
and family members, how much better each person is about talking about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And just it's so much more freeing to be able to express yourselves and talk about those issues that definitely matter in your everyday life. And that's hopeful. Like you might have anxiety and depression and forever, but like forever, but you'll, you know that it's going to get easier. Okay. So Brittany said, uh, to question one about misconceptions, just like with other doctors, not everyone is going to be the right provider for you. Sometimes you have to shop around and not all therapists are the same. We've talked about that on the show a lot. Yep. We've had people mention that to shop around for therapists. Uh, and then for question two, difficult talking about mental health. Yes. Because as a mental health therapist, I've often been the quote strong one around that everyone else leans on, but I have my own ish too. <laughs> nice. It's always good to hear from a therapist on that too. Cause mm-hmm. yeah, people, I think people just don't know what they also deal with. Uh, Jenna said mental health issues responding to question. Number one, mental health issues can take on so many forms and look so different from person to person. Anxiety is often from past trauma, not just some easy identifiable thing. It's not just stress, and it can be debilitating. Yeah, it can be 100% debilitating, and um, takes on different forms with different people too. So it's not all like not every. It's not all cookie cutter. There's not like one solution for everything. Um, yeah, thank you, Jenna. And then Susan said, "People act generally compassionate about mental illness, but in my experience, when it's in their face, they're not quite so accepting." Mm-hmm. And then uh, Susan also said, I freely talk about my mental illness even when people have gotten uncomfortable. Uh, The statement above, it's a disease just like anything else. It's a part of me, and to love me, I have to be accepting of my own treatment-resistant depression, anxiety, and PTSD. Nice. She also added on, if one has a trauma history, people will say all the right things but don't necessarily want you around. Mm-hmm. The abused wind up abusing myth. Hmm. Yeah. And I just think like, it made me think of when she's number one, they act generally compassionate, but not so quite accepting when it's up close. I thought about that. Like, cause I think people might think, especially someone in my position where I feel like I check off a lot of those privilege boxes and a, a box I don't check off of is mental illness box. Uh, but some people will be like, oh, well, you can you can hide it. You know, people don't see it out. And, but I think like, and that's true in a lot of ways, but also like, isn't that kind of torturous? Like, that means the person is constantly hiding parts of themselves because they don't want to scare people, they don't want to worry people, anything. So it's like they're doing extra work to make it seem like everything is normal and okay. Yeah. And I realized that that's been exhausting to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hal. Okay, Hal's got a big old response. Mental health is often intertwined with trauma, and trauma has a direct structural impact on the brain. So when people with a history of trauma are stigmatizing, are stigmatized for resulting mental health issues, we're just further negating their personhood and re-traumatizing them over something that had little to no control over. It's not all symptom clusters. Imaging is needed to tease apart what mental health issues are a result of trauma or prenatal drug exposure, child abuse, or brain damage or mental health issues of a genetic nature. I am still shocked by how many children and infants have skull fractures and intracranial hematomas. Hematomas. Hematomas, sorry. (laughs) How many will ever know? How do clinicians know whether someone has a mental health issue that's genetic or one that resulted from brain damage? There's a growing body of professionals who are pressing for more imaging and diagnosing, which I think is a good thing. 
social, structural, and cultural factors lead to increased trauma for certain groups, and their struggles are blamed on them instead of the society. Why is the locus of diagnosis always on the individual? Yes, 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 yes. I find it fascinating that schizophrenia diagnoses are more common in people born in two of the four seasons, and that researchers generally agree that this is due to mothers catching the flu while pregnant, although there's argument about which trimester is most critical. Finally, culture has a huge impact on the manifestation of mental health issues. Crazy Like Us explores mental health diagnoses around the world and the outsourcing of the DSM and its influence in other cultures. The author states that in cultures where what we would call schizophrenia is seen as a gift, the manifestation is less severe and less lengthy. Again, society and individuals are intertwined in a way that should make us question beyond the individual. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of interesting stuff from Hal there. Yeah, I wonder if Hal has like a psychology or medical background. I thought he did. I don't really remember, unfortunately. But yeah, it can be one thing I like about traveling and really getting to know another culture. Like if you spend a long period in another country, like I spent a year in Korea, it's like um, it really makes you rethink um, when you realize that something that's unacceptable in your culture is totally accepted in another. It can actually be really liberating. Mm hmm when you realize like this is all you know there's so much that's contextual yeah about how we classify mental health and yeah like that's so interesting about schizophrenia yeah i hadn't heard that before all right so final one from molly molly says depression and anxiety take many forms sometimes the symptoms manifest differently even in the same person from day to day When my anxiety is high, I tend to be really cranky and tend to get snappy. It's not all shaking and panic attacks. Yeah, you might see someone with those symptoms and be like, well, they're a jerk. Yeah, for sure. No, they probably have some stuff going on. Uh, And then Molly also said to the second question, I'm super comfortable with it. I felt very alone for a long time. The stigma was a lot. This is talking about mental health. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I realized that we... All are victims of capitalism and going through struggles with our mental health. I understood that sharing our journey means we're not walking it alone anymore. Speaking my language, victims of capitalism. Yep. I'm hearing it. Thank you, Molly. All right. So we've got just enough time now to do some uh, quick gratitudes, some grats. And thank you to everyone for participating in that and giving us some feedback because it helps others. Yeah. Those those were all great responses. This was like therapy for me reading these. Yeah. Um, so gratitudes. Do you want to start since I'm a piece of crap that <laughs> it's ungrateful? Um, yeah. So I am grateful for my experience last night with friends. Uh, just seeing friends, seeing karaoke is always fun. Uh, we enjoy doing that. And uh, Pride Night was really cool. Just having just so many people together just as a celebration of like, love and hope and harmony and all sorts of good feeling stuff. I really enjoyed that. And just, uh, yeah, so that was really cool. So pride night and singing karaoke with friends. Nice. And for me, I just thought of a couple. Nice. Uh, I am thankful that just for my community, like how people have helped me with, you know, Seth being less mobile. Mm -hmm. So he hasn't been able to mow the lawn and, I do not have that kind of upper body strength, um, especially for how long we let it go. And, uh, you know, our, our friend, mutual friend, Hazel 
mowed it for us a couple times, like insisted, wouldn't let me pay her. <laughs> and uh, it was just so sweet. And my brother-in-law came and did it yesterday. Nice. And um, yeah, just those kind of like labors of love from people in your life. It's like remembering you have this like support system because I'm terrible at asking for help. Yeah. And they just prompted me. They're like, hey, you're. Your lawn's probably getting long. You want some help? <laughs> You're like, so, yeah, all right. <laughs> yes, please. I was just gonna let it turn into a, you know, for jungle out here. But um, yes, yeah, so I'm grateful for that, and just also grateful for like how you know Seth has coped with this injury, and um, that he's really expressed a lot of gratitude for me taking care of him, even though I've been just like a cranky mess the past week. Mm -hmm. um, and uh he's kept his spirits up and just really proud of him like i don't know how i would cope with a physical injury like that so um but i'm grateful that he's you know continued despite that to just be a great partner yeah seems like he's doing well yeah he's good he should start physical therapy so i'm hoping we can go on vacation we might go to myrtle beach Ooh, actually uh, and then you know maybe in like a month or something. I'm hoping he's mobile enough to walk around some, see that cheesy tourist stuff. <laughs> All right. So that is our show for today. Thanks for listening and uh, keep talking about your feelings. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to two nuts in a pod on forward radio. Please keep in mind that we are not mental health professionals, and all of our opinions are based on our personal experiences. If you'd like to speak to a trained professional, call National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. The crisis line is available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Original theme music for Two Nuts in a Pod was composed by Neil Lucas.